Hi, friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry What the Podcast with Ashley Sleek. I'm sorry, what? It's just like I showed up at your front door, bottle of wine in hand with 30 minutes of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like, who doesn't want to do that? I'm sorry, what? We're just here to talk about all those moments that make you really question what's going on in life. Like, why are you hung up over Brad from Bumble? How did Kylie get pregnant again? And, you know, why are you living at home at the ripe age of 29? (laughs) Or is that just me? I'm sorry, what? Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry with the Podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek, and you guys, the bachelorette party did not disappoint on the stories. I have been like, okay, this episode will be really good, hopefully, um, which is no pressure. Of course, I've like restarted it three times. I don't know why I keep doing that shit, but I just, I want to give it the justice it deserves. So I just feel like I have to tell it in the right way. So for those of you who are maybe just turning on the podcast for the very first time, hi, I'm Ashley Sleek. Welcome. And if you don't know, I am a wedding aficionado, I guess is what I like to call myself. I have been a bridesmaid. By the end of this year, it will have been 12 times. Five of those I was a maid of honor. I've been on both sides, groom and, and bride side of the party. Um, I've been an officiant twice. I've been a bartender. I've been a DJ. So I really have like this vast wedding knowledge, but I have never had a story quite like this one, which is such a journey. And, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to be telling it to you. So I am my best friend, Aaron's maid of honor this year. Uh, I have a co-maid of honor, a matron of honor, Lexi, and her and I have been planning this bachelorette party for so long. So, and like, I don't mean that in like any way of complaining. Here's the deal. I feel like I have to justify my own reactions in the story. And the only way I can do that's just me being insecure as fuck. Like I'm owning it. I'm insecure about the way I handle the situation. So I feel like before I tell the story, I have to preface like the shit. And once again, absolutely none of this is a complaint. This is me just trying to justify my own bullshit right now. Okay. So like stick with me. I will say this. So Erin asked me to be her maid of honor back in March of 2021. And it's one of my favorite stories. And if you're a loyal listener of the podcast, I know you've already heard this. But for my newbies, I was asked to be a maid of honor while on the bachelorette party where I was the maid of honor. And it's just like, if you haven't heard of that before, hi. Like, I know everybody's wanting me to get to 27 dresses and I am at 12, which I feel like is pretty close. Uh, I just I'm bummed that the story was already written because I would love for it to be written about me. Like, where is my fucking hot ass news reporter who was like, I want to talk about this bitch that's been in several weddings. And like I said, it's not even just being a bridesmaid. Like I've been an efficient, a DJ and a bartender and a flower girl. Like where where is my hottie who wants to like write a story about my life and then fall in love with me? Because genuinely, I could use that right now. Genuinely. So if you know a reporter, just hit me up. Anyways, that's not what the story's about. This is just to say that, like, we started planning this bachelorette party, Lexi, Aaron, and I, probably, like, right away in March. I remember coming back from the bachelorette party that I planned in Scottsdale, and it was like, let's kick this shit into gear. We're going to Mexico. So, you know, Aaron wanted Mexico, an Airbnb, and a boat. And I was like, sick, we got this. So, <laughs> you know, Lexi and I got to work. We, I feel like I meant to go back and check the receipts, but I feel like we invited people 
or at least like sent the survey out to get feelers probably in like maybe May. Honestly, I feel like it was pretty early, but you know, I like to plan bachelorette parties a year in advance anyways. That's just my preference of like a year, like anywhere between like a year to six months to me makes sense because I just feel like it's the best way to get girls prepared or guys or whoever, you know, to pay, you know, like, you know, you're spending money. That's like a no shit situation. But like, it's so much nicer if you know in advance and then you can kind of like save, you know, and you can get prepared for it, especially for traveling to Mexico. For me, I will preface this also by saying that I have never left the country before. So I was like, I feel like we really need to be prepared. You know, I was like booking an Airbnb that that I'm used to. It's the it's the whole travel part that I was like, thank God I have a passport. This is a whole new fucking world for me. So anyways, Lexi and I kicked it into here and we found an Airbnb that we liked, that Aaron liked, and that was for like a March bachelorette party. So we had like sent out the survey, whatever. But before we like locked in the dates and like sent everyone like, hey, this is the weekend. We had booked the Airbnb, but we hadn't been like, this is it. I believe, believe before we sent the dates to the girls, I honestly can't remember. And I just said that. And I know that some of them are probably listening so they can fact check me. But Lexi found out she was pregnant. So exciting, right? Which was so cute because she called me and she was like, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so fucking, like, I'm like ready to party, like so excited for it. She's like, but I don't know what to do. Like, what are we gonna do about the batch? And I was like, oh my God, girl. I was like, you're so hilarious. Like, that's such like a sh- sign of a good friend that you're like so concerned. Um, But, you know, and Aaron was already like so fucking excited because of course she was, you know. And I was like, you know, what what do you want to do? She's like, well, if we move it, because she's due in February, she's like, if we move it to February, or sorry, she's due in February, it was in March. She's like, if we move it to, um, what month are we in? May. She's like, if we move it to May, then, you know, I can probably go. And I was like, okay, well, let's just bring it up to Aaron, see what she says, like, you know, whatever. And Aaron's like, okay, yeah, that's great. Like, let's do that. So we send like another email to the girls and we're like, okay, this is the weekend. This is like what we, the cost breakdown that we're thinking, like, let us know if you can go. So then we get a bunch of of girls like in it to win it. Awesome. So then we start sending monthly newsletters, which I think probably honestly came out bi-monthly. And if you are thinking you guys are absolutely insane, listen, I, like I said, I have done this several times and there's just so much detail that goes in and you're asking a lot of these girls. So I've like taken notes over the years of things that like people have complained about and I like keep it in the back of my head. And one of the things I kept hearing was like, I get asked for all this money and I don't know where it's going. So to me, like some people might be like, you're over explaining and no one's going to sit there and like read everything. Listen, Yes, but for that one girl that's like, what am I spending $100 on exactly? I I want them to know what that is. Because I've also been that girl. Like, I mean, I, I'm blind. I'll like fucking throw money at any bachelorette party. I have bought drinks for people. Like, you know how when you go out with a bride and you're some random bitch will like buy the bride a drink and that's awesome? Like, that's me. When I was in San Diego, I saw a whole ass bachelorette party and I bought them a round of beers. And I was like, bitch, you're still in radio. You're on radio salary. Like, you don't you don't have the means. No, the means for that. But I was dating Jimmy at the time. So like, you know, I used to get shit paid for all the time. So I probably just put it on his bill, which was nice. Anyways, so back to the party. So we move it. We invite all the girls. Okay. so then 
you know, around and at this time, you know, we remember like mid 2020. It was like weddings were coming back. You know, masks were kind of going off. It was, you know, COVID was still around, but it was like we could still do events, you know. And so, you know, that was not as major of a concern at the time. But then when it started to get towards like, I believe, December, it was like, okay, COVID's kind of back. It's big. At that time, Mexico had like or the United States had the rule about like having to test before you got back in. And so like there was all these articles about people getting stuck in Mexico, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we came together, had this conversation. We're like, okay, do we stick with Mexico? And Erin, you know, she's like, let's ask the girls. But, you know, like Mexico's my dream. Like I would really like, like I've always dreamed or, you know, I don't want to say always. I can't remember what she said. But like, I know she was like, it's my dream to have my bachelorette party in Mexico. So I was like, perfect. So we sent another survey to the girls. And, you know, we had like a lot of people who were just like, I'm good either way. If you want to have it in the States, just have it in the States. If you want to go to Mexico, I'll go to Mexico. So then we decided to stick with Mexico and stick with that weekend. And then so, you know, we sent a, had to send another thing and be like, OK, so who's in and who's out? And I was like, if you're in, you're in. Like at this point, we're going to need to start paying. Like I can't give you your money back. Like if you're committed, you're committed. So, you know, we had we we lost a couple girls. So then when we lost a couple girls, you know, um, Aaron, the goal was always to like have the Airbnb. But I was like, okay, we dropped a few. I feel like we should check the hotels just to see like what's going to be cheaper, because obviously now the Airbnb was going to be like a higher price per person. So did all this research on these like, you know, all inclusives versus like the, the Airbnb and just like just strictly looking at costs, you know, and, you know, the Airbnb and like the boat that we booked and everything like ended up being a lesser cost. So we just stuck with it. Okay. So listen, once again, this is not me complaining. This is me justifying just how much work put was put into this. And also like the reason I hesitated having said any of this, and I think Aaron already knows this because I've said it like a hundred times. It's like, I never want it to me to come up like, I did so much fucking work for you, bitch. It's like, no, that's not the vibe. That's not the vibe. It's just, once again, it's just me justifying how I end up reacting in the situation such a foreshadower such a foreskinner as that's what i keep almost saying anyways okay so it's bachelorette week i'm very excited i um you know obviously i had to work all week i flew i was flying to chicago on wednesday night super late because i couldn't really take the day off so i worked in san francisco and then i got on the plane and i met aaron because she lives in Wisconsin now. So we met in Chicago, stayed the night there. It was fun. It was like having our own little slumber party. She bought me like a bottle of champagne and like a maid of honor shirt. It was so fucking cute. I was like, look at you buying me presents. Like um, we stayed up way too late, just like gossiping. It was like the perfect way to kick off the bachelorette weekend. It was like having a little summer party. And also I will say that like as someone who's never flown out of the country before, it was very nerve wracking. Like I didn't know about customs or like immigration shit. I was like super fucking confused. So it was like really nice for us to get to fly in together. And it was so much fun. Um, Thursday night was a blast. Remember last episode, I was talking about how one of my favorite things to do is find creative ways to get people drunk. And so I custom made Aaron a board game, which was 
so cute. I absolutely like adored this game. Um, I still can't remember. I know I had a name on it and we talked, me and one of the gals were talking about this and I literally can't remember, but it was super fun. You like rolled a dice and there was different like little things on each one and they range from like take a shot to like, you know, give marriage advice or share an Aaron story. It was like very specific to her and the whole Barbie theme. So night one, we just played games. It was really fun. Um, you know, we had a groceries deliver. That was like the original plan. Oh, yeah, because the day before. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot about this. It's like it was so hard for me to remember everything that happened because like so much happens. But like the week leading into the bachelorette party, I find out because I had like booked a COVID because, of course, there has to be like a certain COVID test you can take to get back into the States. So I had booked at home COVID tests for everybody. And then I had booked a private chef for the whole day Saturday. And then I had booked um, the shoppers, like someone who was going to go grocery shopping for us, which was sweet. So like right before I'm like, I had spent so much time messaging the fucking host of the Airbnb. Like I was blowing her ass up at every turn. And basically we had talked about how, you know, uh, I was like, oh, can we still want to confirm we're doing the COVID test? And then she was like the week of she's like, oh, yeah, um, by the way, they don't do that at home COVID test anymore. So that's not going to happen. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I was so nervous about the COVID testing. So I was like, I want to make sure like I like, you know, I'm planning the party. I'm the host. At the, by the way, I forget to mention at, at this point, um, you know, Lexi. Obviously, she has a beautiful baby, gorgeous. And, you know, she can't really leave kid at home. So she ends up not coming to the bachelorette party. She did help a lot. I want to like make sure that's like known. But I'm until this, I just keep referring to it as like me. But just know that she is also there. But I was the physical person there. OK, but she's there in spirit. Anywho, so we uh, so, you know, she's Airbnb ladies like, yeah, so they don't do the at home COVID test anymore. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. So and then she's I'm like, hey, you know, can I book the menu for the chef for breakfast, lunch and dinner? And she's like, well, because I'd already paid for it. And she was like, oh, you must be confused. The chef that you paid for is to cook your food. And I was like, I don't need some dude to come cook eggs for me. Like we were literally eating eggs, bacon and bagels for breakfast. I was like, yeah, I'm not fucking paying somebody to do it. And so in order to get like dinner where like they brought the ingredients, it was the same price as what we paid. Well, it was a little bit less. It was a little more. It was like $5 more a person. And I was like, whatever, like I'll cover that. Like who cares to just do the dinner? So we ended up doing the dinner, you know, but then I had wanted to make sure the girls knew because obviously they paid for it. So I had to send this text and I'm like, COVID test person backed out. I'm doing all this research. I'm like fucking like, you know, and it was hard to like really see where in the like where the COVID testing was. And obviously, like we never had to do it before. So like, I don't know. And the lady at the Airbnb kept being like, basically like bitch relax. There's so many places to test, which was hilarious because when we drove to the Airbnb, we passed like at least three different COVID testing sites. So she was absolutely correct on that. So then, um, you know, that fell that fell off and there was something else. Oh, and then so she canceled the shopper because like for whatever reason, 
she thought if we didn't have the chef, we didn't need the food, which was very strange. So she had canceled that. So then I'm like panicking and I'm texting Lexi and one of the other gals, Gabby, who was going. She was the only girl that I had like known. I had met two of the other girls, Courtney and Victoria, because at the bachelorette party that Aaron asked me to be the maid of honor at, she was also at a bachelorette party and it was Victoria. So I got to meet them for a little bit. Um, but Gabby, her and I had met. She was Aaron's friends from college. So we met at her college graduation. Absolutely loved her. I was so excited to see her again. So she was like really helping me. Um as well, because she had been to Mexico and she was like, it's OK, like I will go grocery shopping for us. Like, don't even worry about it. And I was like, OK, well, we'll see. So we ended up getting the grocery shopper. But of course, they like did not like they got us groceries, but it was like not to the level that like of the grocery thing that we asked for. So thank God for Gabby. She totally turned up. It was hilarious because I mean, it, I guess it makes sense, but we couldn't find margarita mix anywhere. Like it was on our grocery list. They didn't have it. Costco didn't have it. And I guess it's like yeah, bitch, you're in Mexico. Go get like a good ass, like authentic margarita, you dumb fuck, you know? Um, But we just wanted them at our Airbnb too, like let us live. But it was okay because I had made a signature cocktail called the Bodie on the Beach named after um, Aaron's dog Bodie, which was literally just like pink lemonade, tequila, lime, and strawberry, which, you know, we did make them and I thought they were really fucking good. Uh, so, you know, it all worked out and Thursday was fun. Just relaxing night at home. Um, poor Erin got stuck in the bathroom and we had to let, she impressively, she was like sleepwalking and drinking and was managed to break herself out of the bathroom. And genuinely, I'm so fucking impressed by that. Like, so, you know, that was like, (laughs) I don't want to say it was funny because I think she got like she got hit in the head with the door and I felt bad. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped another part. I was trying to go in order of how this goes, um, but I'm I'm looking at my notes now because I was like, I should probably pull up my notes. One of the things to also mention is that when we were at the airport, my luggage broke. So which you know what? It's it's the karma that I deserved because I was talking about how. I wanted to buy a new luggage set because this was still for my ex-boyfriend, Jimmy. And I was like, well, you know, it's I, I kept it because I went to go buy new ones and it was super expensive. And I was like, whatever, like I earned it, like take him for his money, you know. And then, of course, it breaks and like the handlebar wouldn't go down. And I knew I could. And it was my carry on. It's like I can't fucking get on the plane with this. I had been trying to fix it. But then I was like, this is going to happen at every turn. And I know that I had a 730 a.m. flight on Monday out of Mexico. And I knew I was going to be stressed. It's like, I don't want to deal with this bag. So, you know, at the last minute, Aaron and I are like looking for somewhere for me to buy a carry on. And we end up finding a place. So I had to buy a carry on at the airport. And yes, it was as expensive as you probably assume it is. But her and I had to power pack, like literally moving from one suitcase to the other. It was so fucking impressive. The teamwork was immaculate. And we get on the plane, whatever. It was so much fun, like I said. And Thursday, it was great. Friday was a pool day. And um, it was really, really fun. We had a cute floaties. And um, I wanted to take a selfie of all of us girls in the pool. I literally... I had my drink on a drink floaty, okay? And I had my phone in my hands. I dropped my phone in the pool, moved my ass over, like literally stood there, like the girl was too stunned to speak, moved my drink to the fucking edge of the pool and then go get my phone. I saved my drink before I saved my phone. Like what? And I was like, bitch, you have all the Airbnb contacts. You have the pool's number. Like, your phone has everything on it, boarding pass, all that shit. And I was just like, 
Yeah, but the but the Bodie on the beach, I can't fucking spill that. <laughs> like somebody come fucking get her. Oh, my God. So then we went to dinner. It was super fun. We all dressed as Barbies that night. And Aaron looked fucking immaculate. I'm telling you right now, the shit that this bitch can pull off is unfucking believable. She was wearing this like poofy pink dress or sorry, poofy white dress with this like poofy head veil that she made. She did. She completely looked like bridal Barbie. Um, I'll definitely be posting pictures on my Instagram. So if you don't follow me yet at Ashley Sleek, Ashley with two E's, obviously. Uh, she looked fucking stunning. I was 70s Barbie. We had like pop star Barbie, Malibu Barbie, um, space Barbie. Uh, it was just like so fucking fun. Just another thing I made these girls sign up for, by the way. I mean, the amount of fucking Excel or like Google Sheets and Google surveys that I made these girls fill out, how they didn't fucking kill me at the end of this, I have no idea. Literally could not have been with a more kind and fun fucking group of girls. And I was like, I don't know how you don't hate me. Genuinely, I don't know, but I appreciate you. So anyways, it was super, super fun. We went out to dinner. It was it was this beautiful restaurant uh, suggested by Gabby. There was like singers there and they were super fun. It was like this nice steakhouse. Um, the drinks were great. Everything was super fun. They brought us this big ass cotton candy. And then we went out to Senior Frogs. So like, you have to, you know, and I have to say this, like, so the Airbnb suggested like a shuttle service for us to use. And so I was using them. And the first time I used it was to, um, pick up one of the girls from the airport because she was like, I really don't want to go by myself. And I was like, no, totally understandable. So I picked her up in that sh uh, shuttle and we went back and, you know, it was just like this nice guy, whatever. But the second guy that picked us up was such a honey. And I was like, wait, this man, like he definitely didn't speak English, but I was like, I love this man. He was so cute, but I was nervous the whole time because Unlike with Uber, you know, I was like, can you please send me like the license plate of the van that's supposed to pick us up? Because it wasn't the same guy that had picked me up from the airport and dropped us off at dinner. It was a new guy. And every fucking van, every taxi is a white van in Mexico. And I was like, first of all, you're taught from a young age here to like stay out of white vans. So the fact that like we just kept having to hop in them in a foreign country where everyone's like, don't get kidnapped. It was like a little fucking nerve wracking. So from like the from the restaurant to the bar, like I was kind of like shitting my pants because I was like, I really hope we're in the right cab. But also this man is gorgeous. So anyways, he drops us off. I'm like, OK, like it's fine. You know, I won't like try to hit on him, but he was beautiful. And we go to Senior Frogs. Super fun. Um, Everybody. Oh, when we get off the fucking bus or whatever, there are people taking pictures with Aaron like she's a celebrity. And I'm so pissed we didn't start charging. Like, no, sorry, 100 pesos. Like, get a picture with with Bridal Barbie. It was like so fucking funny. We go in, we're dancing, having a great time. And then like we're leaving and I'm still trying to find the fucking taxi again. It's it was like a little bit stressful, but all that stress disappeared when the guy messaged me and was like, it's your same van from before. And I was like, oh, my God, not Bay coming for fucking round two, you know. So we get picked up by Bay and he like I said, he's so cute. We pull up to the house and I'm telling you right now. 
listen, I might be exaggerating, but I think he lingered because I was like, I handed him his phone back because we did credit card and, you know, our hands kind of touch and he waited for a minute. All the while, one of the amazing girls who was there named Ashley, she had stepped out of the like shuttle and there wasn't like a curb there. And so like she fell and I felt really bad because I did not jump into action like normal. I don't even think I really realized what happened because I was like locking eyes with the beautiful driver. And so, you know, Ashley, I'm very sorry that I did not like spring into action on that one. I was like, I was like, is it should we, you know, anyways, this is the part my dad still listens to. So I'm going to skip that. So anyways, you know, we go home, we have fun. Some of us stay up, have pizza, like, which is a really good time. It was a really good time all around. And so the next day was boat day. And when you have anxiety, um, being a chill girl, you know, not really your thing. And so I, there was none of this, like, I say this as talking about my own emotions and not like, Aaron made me feel any of these ways. It's just me as someone who's like a party planner. You know, I feel very like responsible for just like making sure everyone has fun. And it's not to say I think the common misconception is that like I don't have fun because I had fun the whole time. It's just that like, you know, you're kind of ready for whatever happens next. So what I had been nervous about the whole time was two things. One, that the Airbnb was three things. One, that the Airbnb wasn't going to look like the pictures and it was going to be ugly. Two, that the boat wasn't going to show up. And three, about the COVID testing. So I had been in talks with the boat people like this whole fucking time, right? Like we have been texting literally like every single day, getting prepared, blah, blah, blah. They were going to have a shuttle come pick us up. They're supposed to come pick us up at 145. So I wake up in the morning. I'm like, hey, just want to confirm you're going to be here. No response. An hour later, I'm like, hey, just, you know, want to confirm. No response. It's like 1 p.m. I'm like, hey, just confirming you guys are coming, you know. And I was like, I'm really not trying to be annoying. I just like would love a little confirmation that you guys are going to be here because it's the day of, right? So then, and it was really funny because the night before we were running a little bit late. So I like lied to all the girls about what time we need to be ready because I was like, I, I need, we need to be on time. So of course I'm like being a fucking asshole. And then I make everybody get on time and the bus is late. And now I'm like, I'm not hearing from them. I'm freaking out. So I like literally have no chill, whatever. Poor Victoria, amazing girl. Thank you so much for being you. I like start crying and Gabby comes out and she's like, we can find another boat. Like if they don't come and then the worst, not the worst, sorry, Aaron, but like Aaron came out. I'm like, I'm so sorry that you're seeing me crying. I just have, I had been so nervous that this wasn't going to happen. And like I said, it's not because of anything other than the fact that like I knew like that the boat was this big part of the party, you know, and I was like these fuckers. So anyways, um, we get, finally the, the people show up, we get on the boat, or we get on the bus and everyone's asking me questions I don't have answers to. And I'm like being such a little brat. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anyone's questions. Like I just like I'd book through Airbnb. So like it just seemed legit, blah, blah, blah. So then we get to the bow. Everything's fine. It's super fun. It was a Barbie dream fucking batch. We all had matching swimsuits. So Aaron's was white and said bride in the Barbie font. And then everyone else's were like hot pink. And they said, babe, mine said babe of honor, of course, because like, you know, you got to own it. Listen, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. If I'm the maid of honor, I'm going to buy everything that says maid of honor on it. I need you to know. 
I need everybody to know. Like, I have no fucking chill about being a maid of honor. Like, I'm going to have my moment. Like, it's Aaron's day, but I'm having my moment. I'm just kidding. And by the way, I will say that everybody was so sweet. As I'm like, these girls must have fucking hated me. They constantly talked about, like, how well organized it was. And, like, it was so nice. I felt bad because at one point, like, Aaron would give this amazing, like, little speech about us all being there. And then they'd be like, but cheers to Ashley. And I was like, but cheers to Aaron. You know, like, that's, like, the tricky part about being the one that plans it. You're like, you know, it's so nice to get the hype. But you're like, don't forget we're only like this this is the bitch we're hyping up you know so um I don't think I took any attention away from her but just to say that they were super super nice to me I cannot get over I will say it a hundred million times like the this was an amazing group of girls and I am obsessed with every single one of them so anyways we get on the boat it's really fun um you know and we have the time of our lives we're singing we're dancing we're like living it up and you know we were out there for like a really long time because we were supposed to be back. Like my private chef was coming at 615 and we're still out there, you know, and, you know, whatever. It was fun. We're soaking up the sun. I'm like, OK, well, they were late. So maybe they're giving us extra time. And then at the end, you know, the guy gives us the speech about how like basically Americans should like tip Mexicans because they're working like and I'm not like exaggerating like these are words that were said and I was like this is interesting and so we had like you know I think a bunch of the girls did end up tipping and whatever and then you know it was just like so weird then we get off and I'm like hey where's the shuttle because everybody has to pee of course because we've been on this boat there was a pool there was sorry there was a a toilet on the boat and it was very humbling there was no toilet seat you very much had to like squat over this thing and it was super interesting um and then there was snorkeling but you know my ass in the ocean no fucking way I it looked really fun to be in the ocean and I almost considered it but I was like I can't like I'm I'm untrusting the water was really clear was something new to see but I was like no I know that the stingray from San Diego will travel its way to Mexico to get its vengeance on me. Like, I know that I stepped on him and he stung me, but he would fucking come back for me. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I got stung by a stingray. We don't have to get into that story. So anyways, we come back from like... We come back from the um, the bow, you know, we're getting off and the guy's like, I'm gonna let you girls pee first. And I'm like, the line for the bathroom's long and our Airbnb is like literally five minutes away. So like, why would we do that? And so, you know, I'm like pressuring him to like get in the fucking, I'm like, let's go. You know what I mean? And because I had to pee too, I was being a bitch. Like, obviously, you know, I wasn't drunk or anything. I just like, I had to fucking pee. I was like, let's go. So, you know, whatever. We get on the shuttle. Two of the girls had walked back to the house. So we get home. I put my key in the door and I notice that the, the girls are in there. And I'm like, wait, I'm like, oh, my God, did I leave the door unlocked. And they're like, it was open. And I was like, oh, my God, like I like there's people who are already nervous about safety here. I'm like, we're taking this to our graves that the door was unlocked. But I'm like, really? I didn't lock the door. Like, I remember walking back, but I was like, OK, whatever. So then I go pee, Erin comes up to her room. So our room had like a living room area and a bedroom. So in the living room area was like all of our clothes, basically. So I'm peeing, I come out and Erin's like, this is so weird. Like, I don't remember our stuff being like thrown everywhere. So for whatever reason, my first thought was like, maybe this was like a weird prank that the two girls pulled that like got home first. They were like, woohoo, let's like go upstairs. And like, maybe they were wearing something of Erin's, they were digging through it. I don't know what I was thinking. And then suddenly Aaron goes to the 
bedroom part and our stuff's just like thrown all over the bed. And I and she's like, oh, my God, Ashley, we got robbed. And I immediately lost it, like immediately start sobbing because two things that go through my mind. One, I left the door unlocked. This is my fault. And two, I planned this party. This is my fault. So like I so she, I was like, oh, my God. So she gets on the phone with her fiance right away. And then I'm like, OK, got to go tell the other girls. So I come out of the room. I'm like. I meet one of the girls in the hallway, Courtney, and I'm like, and we're both like, we got robbed. So I'm like yelling to everyone. I'm like, you girls, like we got robbed. Everyone check your stuff, see what's missing, blah, 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 which I didn't even do with mine, by the way. I was just like, went into cry mode. I go downstairs. It's me, Gabby and Ashley. And I am fucking out of my mind crying. And Gabby's like, I got this. She's like, Ashley, you take Ashley. I'm because I I was like, I'm going to call the Airbnb. By the way, it's important to know that the fucking chef shows up at some point and just starts cooking while we're like running through the house. Everybody's on the phone with their boyfriends, you know, family being like, what the fuck? I'm calling the Airbnb. They're like, we're sending over security. The security guy shows up. The police show up. Gabby's handling that. I am just fucking inconsolable. In consolable except for I will say this Ashley did a really good job I'm like sobbing my eyes out and this is the part where I feel like I had to justify because I'm like I mean obviously I just feel so fucking guilty I feel so guilty and I know like everyone's like this is not your fault it's not your fault I know but when you're the party planner it's so hard and I'm like oh my god this is Aaron's bachelorette party like how this happened and then it wasn't until I got up to see the police that I realized the door was like broken. And I was like, okay, someone fucking broke in. So the door was locked. And like, whoo, that made me feel so much better. But still, like, I could and so this is why I tell you about all the planning that went into this. Because at this moment, I'm like, all all I can think is, oh my God, I hope I didn't put these girls at danger. And oh my God, I spent so much time planning this party. And this happened, you know, and it was just like a whirlwind. At some point, I can't remember, you know, people are calling their boyfriends. I'm like, fuck, I don't have one. I call my best friend, Julie. And of course, in the most asshole way possible, like the police showed up like when I like didn't get a hold of her and I just text her. I'm like, we got robbed. Police are here. I'll call you later. And then I proceed to not text her back at any point. Like literally Sunday the next day, she texts me. She's like, hey, you good? Like, and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. What an asshole. You know, so anyways, you know, uh, shout out to her being my boyfriend that I called, you know, and you know, the police are there, whatever. Gabby's really handling this. She's the MVP. I am not. I'm crying to anybody who will listen to me. I feel so fucking guilty. I'm like trying to be helpful, but I'm not, you know, and my favorite thing ever is that Ashley's consoling me and she keeps saying to me, She's like, Ashley, if Kim Kardashian can get robbed, anybody can get robbed. She's like, if this isn't your fault. It happened to Kim Kardashian. It can happen to anybody. And she doesn't even know about my celebrity obsessed lifestyle. So I was like, you have no idea how much this is helping right now, because that is very true. Like if Kim Kardashian can get robbed, like anybody can get robbed, you know? And what was funny is I remember this later on, and I don't know if she remembers this, but like, at one point we were talking about crisis management and she's like, I feel like you'd be really good in this job because of how well you planned. And then I was like, yeah, obviously not considering that a crisis happened and I fucking folded like a bitch. I folded like a fucking bitch. I was like, nope, 
Like, I can't. But the best part to me is this whole time the chef's still cooking. So the whole time that we're, like, crying and running around the house, and I mean, we, me, but, you know, because at one point, Gabby's like, holy fuck, we need to get out of here. Like, somebody knows we're here, you know, and so we need to leave. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like, I didn't think about that, that. So we start packing. Also important to know, I'm crying the hardest. I'm the only person, really, who probably didn't have anything stolen. Like, my iPad was left. My beats were left. Like, they stole my pesos, which was shitty because I couldn't pay the chef, you know. But laptops were stolen. Jewelry was stolen. Purses were stolen. And nothing of mine was stolen. And I was fucking bawling my eyes out. Okay. I keep saying that things were my favorite part. But this is one of my favorite parts. So a lot of these girls that were on this trip, you know, it was a bunch of Aaron's friends that she met in D.C., which means they work for the government, which means that the minute we like walk out and this happens, like I'm not even in my full sob sesh yet. And they're already on the phone with the embassy. Like, I swear to God, they're on phone with Biden himself being like, let's get out of Mexico. I could not believe it. And like they're like, oh, yeah, Senator so-and-so messaged me to make sure we were good. Like, in what fucking world? Like, I get to them, that was probably so normal, but just someone who, like, worked in radio and then works at, like, a marketing job, I was like, what the fuck do you mean you have the government on the line? Like, it was so fucking impressive. I was, like, in a whole different fucking world, you know, which was great, because at first we're like, oh, the passport's got stolen. And, you know, we keep saying, like, as far as robberies go, they were... They were nice, you know, they didn't take our passports, you know, they didn't take everything. And I don't know if they were just bad at it or, you know, if they were just being nice. I think it was a little bit of asshole move. Like there was a bride sign in the bedroom. Like you couldn't have just like left her shit, you know, like fuck you, you know. Um, But anyways, yeah. So I am genuinely impressed by how quickly jokes are made. Because the, there's only two ways that I really handle a crisis. I mean, like, I'll handle it. But I'm either sobbing or I'm joking. And I was like, I feel like I'm not, like, I feel like this isn't a joke state. But everybody else was. And I was like, this is fucking incredible. Um, it was, it was like I said, Gabby really handled it. All the girls jumped into action. The government's on the phone. We find another hotel. We stay at a Marriott. You know, all all is good. Aaron's in like my one of my other favorite parts is Gabby had bought Aaron one of those swimsuit t-shirts you know that have like the fake body on it with the boobs and the tits and everything and the boobs and the tits and she's like in that wearing her fucking bridal Barbie sash drinking a glass of Sauvignon Blanc like okay fuck it like this happened let's still party and everybody was in that like great mindset some people finally ate the food you know, which was great. And, you know, we got ready to jump in the hotel. So let's break down the suspects, okay? Because now this is a true crime podcast. So there's three theories spinning around on what happened, okay? So theory number one is the Airbnb staged the break-in, you know, which is super fair, I think. You know, we... Um, we were there, there was nine of us girls, they knew that. They also knew that we were getting on the boat because when, um, and this is what's hard, when I tell the stories, I have to stop taking like, it's hard for me because I tell them and then I'm like, it feel like it's all my fault again, but like whatever we're powering through. So we, I had texted her because they had given me some boat options too, but they were a lot more expensive and didn't have an open bar like this one. So I was like, hey, do you still have boat options? When I thought the other boat wasn't coming, I was like, this person hasn't shown up, blah, blah, blah. 
So she did know we were leaving. Also, there's always the, the idea that there was a camera somewhere. So whatever they knew we were leaving, they knew it was like nine girls staying in this Airbnb from the United States. Let's fucking rob them break down the door, make it look like, you know, whatever. I mean, we do know that the doors break easily since Aaron had to break out of the fucking bathroom on, you know, on the first night. So anyways, that's theory number one. Working theory number two, which is probably the most believable, is that it's the boat people because they had a shuttle that picked us up. And obviously, like they know we're on the boat. And what was so suspicious was that when on our way out on the water, the boat was going like a normal speed. But on the way back, it was really slow. And then the guy like stalling. Right. And my favorite part about all this is that if it's the boat guy, that means that this fucker sat there and gave us a speech about how we should tip him, knowing that we were going to go home and be robbed. Like, what a fucking whirlwind for you to be like, actually, I know that I stole all these bitches money. Or maybe they were like, they called, they're like, hey, there's not enough cash. So go get cash for more bitches. But he had us like leaving reviews and stuff. He took pictures with us. It was so fucking weird that I was like, the whole time you were like, what a fucking joke to them. Like, they're like, even the captain gave me a hug at the end. And I was like, but you robbed us. But you robbed us. Like, it's so bizarre. Third theory is obviously like just a neighbor that maybe like knew this was an Airbnb, saw a group of nine girls in hot pink bikinis or one pieces getting on a shuttle, obviously probably going to go to the beach and be gone for a long time. So maybe they did it like right away. Who knows? We'll never know. I, I told Aaron, I was like, maybe we turn this into a crime junkie podcast. Her and I come on and investigate the situation when we're ready. I And I do have to say, I mean, Aaron quite easily could have been like sobbing harder than me. This was her bachelorette party and she was like really great. So you got to give a lot of kudos to a bride who could be like shit happens but we're rolling with it. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, it, w- it was amazing. So we stayed, we ended up going to this resort, which was actually really fucking nice. You know, they had a swim up bar, which I loved. And by Sunday I was like, okay, we're not leaving this resort. So I'm like, I'm just going to have drinks, relax, whatever. It was really fun. We ended up going to a um, hibachi place for dinner, which was when one of my favorite quotes comes up of nobody talks about hibachi, um, you know, and how great it was. So we did hibachi and I decided to do solo sake bombs because I was like, they had glasses of wine. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing a motherfucking sake bomb. So I was doing sake bombs. We ended up going to, um, you know, just the hotel bar. We met a couple who was engaged. And then these two guys that worked in textiles in China. And if you don't remember, my ex-boyfriend, Jimmy, also worked in textiles and so and, and in China. And they also worked with Costco, which so did Jimmy. So then obviously, like I was talking to them and I so iconically in the way we were leaving, it was like time to go to dinner or time to go to dinner. It's time to go to bed because also like bar was closing. I was getting up at four in the morning to get on my shuttle to go to the airport. And I literally was like, hey, by the way, if you ever meet David Crockett, you can personally tell him to fuck off from me. Don't do business with him. Fuck him. Which you might be like, is that the that the boyfriend? No, that's the boyfriend's dad. And listen, I, I think I've talked about it in past episodes, but this man was so fucking mean to me, he called me fat. He called me ugly. He tried to break Jimmy and I up. He screamed at me on my on the day before my birthday. 
all sorts of shit. So he's the fucking worst. So I was like, yeah, don't work with this man. Fuck off. Um, but I like they cracked up and I cracked up because I couldn't believe I said that because normally like even though he's an ass, like I'm pretty like respectful or, or I'd only talk shit behind closed doors, but not that night. I was like, fuck you. So anyways, I am sure I'm leaving so many like good parts out of the story. And I know everybody was like, I cannot wait to hear like your version of this on the podcast. I hope I lived up to it. It was just such a fucking like hilarious, like what the fuck moment. It's like, do you get offended by like what got stolen? What did it like? They didn't want my iPad or my beats, but they took somebody else's like, fuck you. Like, And everybody keeps saying as far as being robbed, they were pretty nice about it. They were nice or they were stupid. I really don't know. But they didn't take everything. We got robbed in Mexico. And what a fucking story. Like, I didn't quite have getting robbed in Mexico on my 2022 bingo card. But, you know, it didn't it didn't disappoint. It really didn't. Um, (laughs) And like I said, I'm sure there's things I'm like forgetting and. I'm sure there will be like other parts of the story, but um, yeah, I'm I'm very happy to be safe and to have met all those amazing, amazing chicas. They were so fucking fun. Hi friends, I'm so excited to talk to you about one of my new favorite brands, Kitsch. I don't know about everyone else, but I'm going back into the office and Kitsch has not only been so useful from work from home life, It is also very helpful for going back into the office. So listen to this. I started with the very cute like cheetah print satin pillowcase that I'm obsessed with. It sets the tone for my new bedroom. I'm in love and honestly, it really does make my skin and hair feel better and I'm not just shitting you on that. And then when I was working from home, listen, I would do this thing where I would take a shower and then I would throw my hair up in the towel scrunchie and then like when I felt like getting out of my pajamas and I had to have a meeting, I would go blow dry my hair and it cut down the time astronomically. And then now I've got like the little ice roller thing because now I have to be up and like get in a car and drive to work. So I need to wake my ass up and the ice roller just does just that and it's so amazing, so helpful. And then I also got the heatless curler. So I can like curl my hair in that little, you know, pillow looking thing. And then I drive to work and I take it out and bam, I look flawless. I highly recommend Kitsch. They have all sorts of amazing products. Like I just named a bunch, but they have so much more. And you can get 15% off with promo code AshleySleek15. That is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E, Sleek, S-L-E-E-K, 15 and you can visit the link in my bio on Instagram to shop super easy. It's at Ashley Sleek on Instagram. Okay, bye. All right, friends. I feel like I really went back and forth because there's a part of me that just doesn't want to tell this story at all and just wants to like close the book, if you would. But there's the other part of me that feels like not, not, not telling this on the podcast really kind of like, I don't know. It feels like I don't have the closure, you know, so I feel like I need to explain the tears from last week and kind of close the book on Scotland. So when I recorded um, the podcast, I actually like didn't have the updates that I have now, which, you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, I'm glad I didn't get through it because, you know, I think that now I have kind of a better sense of of things and kind of a different outlook. I don't know. So I'm just going to explain. So since Scotland and I broke up, 
we have pretty much talked every week. So as you guys know, I backslid right after we broke up and then I made this really hard decision and decided to like cut off us talking, you know, which I talked about on the podcast and that was really fucking hard. But then later that week, he had unfollowed me on all social media and I was like heartbroken again. You know, it was my worry with Scotland was I never wanted to be somebody that hurt him. I never wanted to play that role in his life. I didn't want to be that in his story. I just I just wanted what was best for him and I wanted to get him there. And I I loved him, you know, like and I don't really care what people say about the timing of meeting someone or any of that. It's just like when you know, you know, and you know, whatever. I don't think he was there completely. And, you know, for me, I just saw all of the future and potential there. And, you know, I never wanted to be somebody who hurt him. Like, you know, I mean, I knew we were going to eventually fight and shit was going to happen and all that stuff. But I just I didn't want to be somebody who he hated. I just like I couldn't do it. So I texted him and I was like, hey, listen, I know we're not supposed to be texting. I just I noticed that you unfollowed me and like removed me as a follower for you. And, you know, I I try really hard to like make sure I don't drag you on the podcast. And I just like I want to know what happened, you know, and he was like, no, you know, I'm just trying to respect your wishes of, you know, staying away from you and, you know, moving on completely, you know, and I'm like, well, technically that wasn't my wish, you know, like I didn't want to fucking break up, but, you know, you did. So I couldn't talk to you, you know, but I'm just kidding. I obviously didn't say that back. I was just like, no, I understand. And, you know, we talked a little bit back and forth, just kind of catching up. And then I was like, it was really nice chatting as friends. Maybe we can do this again sometime in the future. I hope you and um, baby Scotland are doing well. So this was the week that I went on the date with Mr. Gorgeous. So after my date with Mr. Gorgeous, he had texted me, um, Scotland texted me and was like, oh yeah, you know, baby Scotland and I are doing good. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And he's like, genuinely sorry to hear that your date didn't go well. And I was like, no, you're fucking not. I'm like, are you serious? And he was like, no, I really am. And I was like, that's nice. I wouldn't be. I hope that your next date doesn't go fucking well. Like, I, I hope that your dates all fucking suck. Like, what the fuck you mean you're glad my date went well? Like, both fucking shit. Like, if I find out you're dating right now, I'll be fucking pissed. Like, you broke up with me because you can't have a girlfriend. Don't you dare be dating. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm not nice. Of course, eventually I want him to be happy. But like right now, like, fuck you. You know, it's like that Olivia Rodrigo song when it, I think it's literally called happier. It's like, I hope you're happy, but not like how you were with me. You know, whatever. So anyways, that led me to honest to God inviting him over. And so he came over. We hung out. I made him hang my disco ball lantern thing because I was like, you're the, like, you're tall and I need help. So I backslid course we hooked up, you know, and it was tough because I mean, obviously like no regrets, anything like that. And I knew that we weren't going to get back together, but we just had so much fun together. Like I just didn't understand it. You know, like here was someone that at every turn I felt that we should be together genuinely. You know, it was like, 
I, I just got us. I just thought I always had such a good time. I was so comfortable with him. And, you know, I just really genuinely loved him. And then when he left, I was like, OK, I'll, this is it. I probably will, like, never talk to him again. And then I got super sick and I was home one day that I would normally have been in the office and I get like a knock on the door and it's Scotland and he came over on like Tuesday and he brought me like the water bottle that I had left there when, you know, I backslid the very first time and he came in, we chatted, whatever, and then he left and, you know, once again, I was like, okay, probably won't hear from him. And then he texted me again when he was like drinking, you know, and I was like, okay, like, whatever, like we chat, it's fine. And then like from there, you know, it kind of just happened like once a week, you know, that like he was kind of checking in since we had broken up. And, you know, I started to realize that like it was kind of when he was drinking, you know, and this last time it was after my like date with a therapist didn't go well and or like, you know, went well, but you know, whatever. And I've been having a really shitty week. Like I said, like, I just was really not I haven't been in a good place like I I feel like since the breakup you know and I don't want to just say it's that and I don't think it's the move I just think like there's so many things going on in my life and I'm just like having a really hard time and I have been probably since we like broke up you know and there's a lot of like negative things in my life that I'm having a hard time with and I have been and I've been really stressed my anxiety has been really high my eating's all fucked up I either eat everything inside or nothing at all like it's no chill and I haven't been feeling good and all this stuff basically so then when he texted me I was like I don't know it just like felt good because like I don't know it's hard when like someone is like your best friend, you know, and you're used to talking to them about everything. So you're used to having like shitty days and then talking to that person on the phone. And then suddenly that's not an option, but then they text you, you know? So I was talking to him. We ended up talking on the phone, whatever. Don't really need to get into like the details on that, except for this one funny thing that I did. And I stand by basically like he FaceTimed me and I was at my parents' house that night and he was like, oh, you're at your parents' house? And I was like, oh, yeah, I moved home. And he's like, what? And I was all, yeah, I just like I couldn't take being in, you know, this like apartment that you picked and being in San Jose, like everything just reminded me of you. So I decided to break my lease on Monday and I just like moved back in with my parents. And he's like, no, tell me you're joking. And I was like, no, I'm being dead fucking serious. And he's like, really? And I was like, no, I'm just fucking with you. So that was like kind of funny. And I don't know. I just kind of thought like, okay, we're in a good place. And obviously, you know, that next Sunday was Mother's Day. And one of the things about Scotland, I never felt like he needed me to really like hype him up or send him loving texts and stuff. But like it was something I always wanted to do because I just wanted him to know how amazing he was like at every turn. Like I just wanted him to know that like I was so proud of him and like he was doing all these things that I thought were so incredible. I mean, raising a kid and, you know, coaching and, you know, doing his coaching school and still being this like amazing boyfriend to me. Like I was just always really proud of him and especially when things were hard, you know, I just wanted him to know that like he still had somebody on his team. And so basically, you know, uh, he 
it was Mother's Day. And obviously his family lives in Scotland. And, you know, obviously he's divorced. And so I just figured that was like going to be hard for him. And I have this thing about one of the supportive parts of Ashley is that, you know, I like to send these text messages and really hype people up. And so I sent him this really nice text on Mother's Day about just, you know, I know it's going to be hard and, you know, but I'm really proud of you. I know your mom's proud of you and, you know, baby Scotland's so lucky to have you, blah, blah, blah. Didn't hear back from him, but I knew he had tournaments like I knew that like or not tournaments I knew he had games all day on Mother's Day so I kind of like I was like okay whatever I'm sure he's busy then Monday when I record the podcast like I still hadn't heard back from him and I think what was hard was I was starting to feel like oh I'm just the girl you text when he's drunk and I actually like not to be a nerd but low-key wrote some poetry about it like she's fucking wild these days she's fucking weird And I hope you guys laughed at that statement because I did. But I just it was such a weird feeling. And, you know, I talk about in this thing that I wrote, you know, about how you go from being the girl that, you know, got that you texted like whenever there was a problem or you just called to check in. And now, like, the only reason you're calling me is because you're drunk and lonely. And that is like the worst feeling You know, like it was like, sorry, it was just so painful because like I thought I was so much more than that. And so when he didn't respond to me Monday, I was kind of like, oh, this is really the place that I'm in. You know, like maybe he no longer really cares about how my day is going. But like when he's drunk, he's like, I'm lonely. I'm going to text Ashley, you know, and she's always going to text me back because I was fucking in love with them, you know? And of course that was stupid. Everybody told me it was stupid and and like it wasn't going to end well and all this stuff. And I knew I was going to get my heart broken again, but there was also a big part of me that was just like, I don't know. I missed him a lot. And maybe like he would realize that he made a mistake or something like that. And you know, all these things. And so then Tuesday, so Monday, I was just feeling really emotional. And then Tuesday, I was kind of like concerned that maybe I took it too far and maybe I offended him. Maybe I was like, you know, my therapist is like, what if you did offend him? And I was like, I don't know. I'd want to apologize. And I was like, I, and I, in my brain, I was like, you know, he always talked about how like if you did something wrong, like he would tell you and you believe him. But I don't know. It just felt really weird that he didn't respond. You know, I felt I felt weird about it because that wasn't normal. This is like the first time he didn't respond to me, you know, so I reached out on Tuesday and I was like, hey, I just want to make sure I didn't offend you or cross a line. And he was like, no, you didn't. You're fine. I'm just really busy, but we shouldn't talk anymore. And, you know, that hurt. (laughs) And I responded to him and I was like, "Okay, I'm sorry. And I was like, you know, I I genuinely hope you know that, like, I want what's best for you. And I really enjoyed being your girlfriend fuck me again. I really enjoyed being your girlfriend. And, you know, I just I care about you so much. And I just really want you to have the best life. And I know that you will, you know, and he didn't respond. And then, you know, I sat there and I thought about it a little bit more. And I know everyone's been waiting for me to get mad. (laughs) And I'll say this, what sucked about it, it's not that he cut off communication with me. I mean, him 
him knowing, first of all, we talked a lot about this bachelorette party. So he knew that I had this really shitty week last week. We talked about the bachelorette party. It's hard for me to, you know, obviously maybe he's not going to remember every fucking date in the world. But like, I don't know. It's weird to me that after we talked about so much and maybe he wouldn't remember the date. But like knowing that I'm going into this, I'm having a shitty week and you just like cut off communication with me. It was like, OK, so I really was at this point. It was all on your terms. Whenever you were free, you didn't have time for me. So you didn't text me. And now you want to cut it off. And maybe it was just that, like, I was sending a text that was more like girlfriendy and that. But I didn't get an explanation. I didn't get an explanation. I didn't get even ownership of the part that the role that he played. I didn't get like, oh, I'm really, you know, I'm sorry. I also, you know, I know I reached out to you a couple of times, too. And, you know. Sorry, I like heard this little boom or crash or something. And I like totally fucking freaked out. I'm going to have no chill, I think, for a while. So anyways, anyways, um, what all this is to say that like I just felt like he didn't take any ownership of like that part. And obviously, like I have no regrets about him talking to me like, you know, no regrets on anything that happened. But it just kind of felt shitty that like there wasn't any kind of like you know, I know you're having a shitty week and I just, I really, I just can't do this. And I think like, you know, like whatever, it just felt like, I don't know. It just felt like I deserved a little bit better than this text message. Just like, we can't talk anymore. You know, after yes, I had a role in talking to him, but I feel like a lot of the second half that was really initiated by him and it fucking hurt. You know, it was like going through a breakup all over again. And, you know, I am a big like everything happens for a reason person. So maybe like, you know, when the break in happened, everyone was calling their boyfriends. Like maybe I would have jumped to call Scotland. And maybe then at that moment, he would have been like, I can't talk to you or would have been let down or something like that. Like, you know, I know that like this happened and it was good. And like, you know, of course, to me, it's like I am not like fuck you. You're the absolute worst person ever. Cause I don't believe that. I just, I always feel like, you know, I always felt empathetic to everything that he was going through. And I just genuinely feel truly now that like, he just really isn't ready for me. I don't think he's the wrong person. It was really exactly what we've been saying this whole time, right? Person, maybe wrong time or whatever it is, but it's like, if you can't meet me and know that, like, I need somebody who, if you're going to cut off communication, like, needs really an explanation or just some, like, mutual respect there. Like, I mean, he said, you know, I think it's better for us or whatever. But, like, it just coming out of the blue after you called me, you know, like, that really fucking hurt. And it's not what I deserved. I had been, you know a really great understanding girlfriend. And that's not that, oh, I earned this because I did this. That's not what I'm saying. I just mean that like, I really put everything into it. And I know that's a part of the reason that we broke up was because, you know, he felt like he couldn't, but like, I didn't expect like all these things from him. You know, I was very much like, I loved our relationship for what it was. Like, I didn't mind driving down to San Jose and cooking dinner and waiting for him to come home. 
Like, I love that. I love this little routine we had of like, even though, yeah, of course, I was like driving far and having to wake up early and stuff, but it never mattered to me because like, I just loved getting to like cook him dinner and hang out with his dogs and like just gossip about our days and like just hang out on the couch and like, like I just, I loved it all, you know? And I just, it felt like all that stuff like didn't really matter to him. Like I just felt like I just, I feel, I don't know, like I feel different. Like I don't feel like the girl that he like loved to have around. I just felt like this girl that like only mattered when he was drunk and that was like such a shitty feeling and I don't think it's true, you know, but it was enough for me to be like, okay, like he isn't there right now. As much as you want him to wake up and change his mind, he's not. And, you know, of course, like who knows what happens in the future, but this is 100% a decision that's on him and there is absolutely nothing I can do to change that. And, you know, I was never out here trying to like change his mind or whatever. Like I respected his decision, but like, you know, I was just always hoping that he would change his, you know, that he would like wake up and change his mind and like it would, we would have broken up for like a couple weeks, you know, and that that's all it would have taken. But I just, I don't think he's ready for me. And I think that, you know, I should be with someone who's ready for me. And I wish that he would, you know, change his mind and everything. But like, that's so not fair to me. That was so not fair to me. Like, you know, and I, I just I it was hard because like, obviously, I'm always afraid of like what he's going to think when he listens. I, I genuinely think he's closed the book on me. And so I don't think he's going to listen to this at all. Um, but I just feel like, you know, it's it's hard and it was sad, but like. I know now that I really, really deserve somebody who is going to want to be there. And not that he didn't want to, but like, I'm not a, somebody that you just drunk text. I'm somebody that you communicate with and take on dates and build a fucking life with. Like, that's me. I deserve that. I deserve that. I have, you know, spent my life trying to make everybody around me so happy. And I love doing that. And, you know, I don't know if maybe I'm attracting people who can't put me first because I don't put me first and I need to go on my own fucking journey on that one. And, you know, I think that Scotland was so fucking great. And, and, you know, actually Aaron asked me, she's like, so what are you looking for now that you, you're like, when you're ready to date again? I'm like, Jimmy taught me what I didn't want in a boyfriend and Scotland told me what I taught me what I did want. But the thing is, is that right now, like as much as he was this amazing boyfriend that I wanted, like I don't deserve the person that he's making me be. You know, I don't deserve to be someone who, you know, is a drunk text. Like, I don't know. I feel like I was ready to tell the story and I didn't really know how to end it. But I think like. I think to me, this was a big moment of like knowing my worth and I want to be with someone who like sees that I'm having a bad fucking week and that I'm really fucking stressed out and is just supportive. And obviously he didn't owe me that because we weren't together, but knowing that I had a bad week and just like cutting off communication with me right then and there. And, you know, obviously there's never a good time to break up with someone, but with like, no explanation, it's like he's not there yet. And, and, like I said, who knows, maybe one day 
he will be there and we'll find our way back to each other. And, you know, that will be great. Or we were just important lessons for each other. You know, he taught me so much about what I deserved and what I wanted. And, you know, I admired him so much. And I and I just I loved being his girlfriend. I just I lo- I genuinely loved him. I loved everything about him. And, you know, obviously I like fucking changed my whole ass mind about like having kids in my life. So obviously he was like super fucking important to me. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like I also have to look at my own self-worth and what I deserve. And, you know, what that is, is somebody somebody who wants to be with me and is ready to be with me. And so I'm really excited to find that. And right now, I think I just like I said, I'm keeping my my comment from last week keep my phone for my my Bumble for Smashly purposes. Although I did say, because, you know, um, I'm also a maid of honor at the end of the year for a wedding that's in Mexico. And I was like, no fucking way am I going to Mexico alone. So I was like, I'm about to like go back on Bumble, change my fucking profile and be like, hi, looking for somebody like, hi, got robbed in Mexico, looking for someone to go to a wedding with me and protect me. You know what I mean? Like send help. Um, But, you know, when I'm ready, I'm ready. And I'm like I said, I will always be grateful for Scotland. I genuinely think he was the one of the best thing that's ever happened to me. He made me feel comfortable and loved and beautiful and all these things that like I didn't feel all the time about myself. And I got really fucking lucky to have been a part of his story and his journey. But right now he's not what I need. And, you know, when he's ready to be that, um, you know, it will be different. But I and and I and I wanted to tell the story because I know that so many of us fall into this idea of like, oh, he's checking my Instagram stories or, oh, he's like texting when he's drunk. Like, you know, he must still want me. And uh, and I just had to learn the hard way that that's not true. So you also don't want to be with that like you don't want to just be the girl that gets drunk text messages or fire emojis on their Instagram stories like you want someone who's going to be like taking the pictures of you or like you know showing up to your doorstep when you are having a bad week and just like being there for them and supporting them and just like understanding the give and take of a relationship where sometimes like you're you're not going to be on and they need to be on and you need to be you know they need to be off so you're on and like there's just so many important things about being in a strong, healthy relationship. And if you don't feel like you're in it or your person's not giving that to you, like it's really not worth sticking around, you know, like just you are so worth the love that you put out into the world. And it's so important that everybody knows that and you deserve to get back everything that you give. And, you know, I'll say it again. You don't deserve to be the drunk text girl like you deserve to be the good morning girl like and but be careful of the douchebags who just text you good morning. But anyways, okay, this podcast has gone on for way fucking long. I'm home safe from Mexico. I have survived the Scotland breakup and, you know, I'm excited to go on the healing journey. I think it's important for me to, you know, just be prepared to move on. And and of course, it's hard. I keep getting these like random fucking memories when I see things of like moments that were so special to me. And, you know, I, obviously there's things that driving around here that remind me of him or just like I'll just randomly get this memory of us like 
in the kitchen or whatever and my heart will sink and then you know I I get on you know I don't have those moments anymore with Jimmy so I'm sure some point you know I'll, I'll get there with Scotland and like I said at the end of the day I feel great because I this was a really great relationship for me and I feel really honored to have gotten to been be in his life and you know um it's time for me to just do me and see what's next and see what guy is going to whip me off to Mexico and protect me against robbers, you know? <laughs> so anyways, I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If this, if this is your first time listening, welcome. I swear it's not always as tragic, but I do cry a lot on here. That is, I am going to keep it a hundred. Um, but make sure you like, comment, subscribe, download. Downloads are where the money's on. I'm just saying. Share this with a friend. We are so close to episode 100. I can't even fucking believe it. But um, I love you all so much. Thanks for coming on this podcast journey with me. Okay, bye.